With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blanket double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I guess I'm okay, Josh. Uh, somebody <laughs> tweeted at, at us about my uh, the witch who gave me this curse, uh-huh. a, a good curse in which every transfer I made was a good one. It just exploded in points. Uh-huh. Well, spoiler alert: uh, that was not the case in Game Week <laughs> Seven. The curse was broken. Brandon's streak is over. <laughs> I don't want to get too into our, our personal teams yet, but I, I honestly, when I woke up on Saturday morning, uh, and I, I went to look at your team as, you know, as you do. Um, I, I, I was certain you were going to bring in Trippier just like, maybe Doherty, but I thought Trippier was, was a guaranteed player you're going to bring in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, do we want to talk about my team at this very moment or do we want to get through the preamble no. here? And let's the, wait. Okay, let's yeah. tease out the brand new okay. transfer. Wow. I'm, sure I'm going to talk, yeah. talk through all my idiotic thoughts uh, in a moment. <laughs> all right. So uh, this is the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. We have a lot to talk about in this podcast. We have a very stacked running order. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, Kane, obviously, and uh, you know, Hazard. Sa- we're going to talk about all the players you'd expect us to talk about. We're also going to talk about other players. And I, I will I will say this first, Brandon. I think yeah. we have the best lightning round we've had in, in a wow. full year, a solid 12 wow. months. So even, yeah. if you're, even if you're sick of, of all the Kane talk, all the Hazard talk, all the – whatever players who cost more than 10 million talk just skip to the three hour and 47 minute mark and start <laughs> listening to uh to the lightning round because i have some excellent yeah. questions there 
I see we've got a few Lucas Podolsky questions coming up, so maybe we'll, 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 we'll burn 30 minutes on Podolsky talk. All right, so we're going to talk about our teams in a minute, including my surprise wild card. Uh, but Brandon, first, we have to mention two days until the UK. The cheaters are coming to the UK. They leave Wednesday very late at night. Will we fall asleep? That's the biggest question. I never sleep on planes. Will I actually fall asleep? Will you fall asleep? The mixture of drugs and alcohol, we have to be I mean, drug, drugs in terms of like over the counter medication, sleeping sure. pills, prescription, you know, we play it very safe on always cheating. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be a delicate cocktail on that red eye into Heathrow. <laughs> but yeah, football uh, is football is at last coming home and I couldn't be mm-hmm. more excited. We're going to pack so much in. We've got uh, tickets to see um four different matches the chelsea <laughs> europa league match on thursday yep. then it's we're heading to brighton to see brighton west ham on uh, friday saturday it's going we're going to wembley to see yep. spurs take on cardiff and then the piece de resistance on sunday at craven cottage to watch fulham v arsenal it's the cheaters derby and uh man we are really packing a lot in yeah, and that doesn't even include, you know, so that we were the Edinburgh Castle in Camden Town, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Saturday, October, what is that, 6th? Saturday, October 6th. Uh, come out. I know that a lot of our, um, a lot of other people in the FPL community have already said they're coming. The, the guys at the FPL, the Planet FPL podcast have been really great about uh, sort of helping us out with some planning. Um, you know, Tom, Tom Cantil from Who Got the Assist, who's been a, a above and beyond in terms of helping us we're actually hanging out with him on friday so a lot of different people are going to be there but i I just want to note brandon you know we interact with a lot of people on twitter and facebook i know there's a lot of people who listen to the podcast who aren't part of that world at all and i hope that people who are listening who aren't social media people will still want to come meet us on saturday night um at the edinburgh castle don't feel like i mean brandon hates social media too so don't worry about it you know it's (laughs) yeah i I am with you fellow olds of the world Uh, (laughs) but we 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 call it we called ahead edinburgh castle is going to have some tables reserved for us so don't feel shy just pop in and and have a beer say hello and tell us how you're doing in game week eight and it'll be a blast yeah, exactly. We're also nervous about showing up and there being like three people there. So please, yeah, <laughs> please come, please come. We don't want to look like uh, idiot Americans in, in the middle of Camden Town. So that's yeah. right. Uh, eight to eleven Saturday, October sixth at Edinburgh Castle in Camden Town. Come on down. Yeah, and just a, a couple of quick notes. Uh, Planet FPL said, uh, "Which one of you is most likely to make an embarrassment of yourself on Saturday? Uh, and which of the three games are you most looking forward to?" Uh, I, I think I'm really the one who's most likely. You, you know, you, you rarely embarrass yourself. I, I embarrass myself with some regularity, but you're, yeah. you're more controlled. You, you go quiet. I go loud. You go quiet. Yeah, I tend to. I tend to sort of slow down as the evening goes. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, being convivial, drinking with friends, uh, tends to bring me into uh, sort of a more, um, Thoughtful I guess, interest, in, introspective <laughs> mode. You, you just spin like a whirling dervish. That's uh, true. I spin, yeah, because faster and faster as the night goes on. Uh, which of the three games we're most looking forward to? I think for both of us, it's got to be the Arsenal full on match. Uh, you know, it's yeah, the yeah. Cottage. I mean, it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. Everyone, uh, it, it'll be our first time at Craven Cottage. Everyone says it's the best ground in all of London, if not the Premier right. League at the moment. So yeah. that's going to be amazing. And it's near Primrose Hill, where my wife was actually, uh, she grew up until the age of eight. So it's it's uh, it's another version of me coming home. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and then a more fantasy question comes from FPL Awesome. He says, uh, does the fact that you are traveling to London uh, and will be at the Spurs v. Cardiff game make it more likely that you will bring in 
uh, Harry Kane. Uh, what do you think, Brandon? Do you have a Kane plan? Maybe I'm, I'm jumping the gun here. Kane is on the cards for me. I'm not saying I'm okay. going to do it, but it is a possibility. It, uh, mm-hmm. um, the live, the live in-game experience, like being at Wembley, is appealing. Um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, we, there's so much to unpack with Harry Kane beyond just us, our, our <laughs> geographic, the geographic right. desirability of it. Yeah, I I don't know that I could if my heart could take being at that match and having to worry about Kane as my captain. I have I'm gonna have Kieran Trippier, which seems like plenty. That's like a good a sound level of investment. I hope he doesn't play in the Champions League at midweek. And, and yeah, so I was just off. gonna ask you what what is that match viewing experience gonna be for the both of us when you get the the match day program and you see Trippier's is named to the bench. <laughs> bench. It's very and, possible. Uh, it's Walker it's a, it's Peters a, is uh, starting. Yeah. Well, my feeling is if they uh, they're going into an international break after that, after that, you know, the Saturday match mm-hmm. for them. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that makes it more likely he does play. There's no need to rest him because they don't have like another midweek fixture coming up. That's the hope. Anyway, we'll see. Um, so, uh, Brandon, do we want to uh, so that's the UK trip. Uh, we'll be there uh, Thursday through Monday. Um, we hope you can meet up with us at some point. Uh, a few people have DM'd us. We're, you know, if you can't make it on Saturday, um, we'll be in town. Uh, for a few of those days. So, um, you know, e- email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com or uh, message us on Twitter or Facebook and uh, we'll try to make it work. Sweet. Okay. So, yep. Josh, big news. You did a surprise <laughs> wild card going yeah. into game week seven. Yeah. You, uh, you were kind of talking about the possibility on last week's pod, but you had two frees going into right. the game week. That, some, that somehow made your wild card less appealing. It seemed wasteful. It did seem wasteful. Um, it just, I, I felt like I, I was just looking at the team and I was just thinking about certain things. Like I had uh, Allison away and I did, I, you know, I was going to have money and, and Sala a way to, 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 um, um, you at know, Stanford I, Bridge, I, I, yeah, Stanford Bridge, and uh, I wasn't really feeling Zaha or or King as as my four. It was I just felt like the whole team needed a, a massive shakeup, and I was really worried about things like Richarlison at home on the Fulham match. I mean, ultimately nothing happened there. Uh, Madison, there's just a ton of players that I wanted in my team, uh, and so in, in, and then what you know, I, I was sort of following the uh, the price rises, and I saw that basically everyone I wanted on a wild card at some point <laughs> was set to price rise on Monday night. And yeah. so I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to trigger the wild card. And um, and so, you know, the, the big thing for me was I I have decided that I am just all in on Wolves as, as a fan, as fantasy assets. They're basically, they're a like borderline, like, I'm not going to say they're Champions League level, but they're like, they would, I would not shock me if they finished fifth this year or maybe sixth, you know? Um, like they, they could absolutely finish in the top six this season and they're priced like a promoted team. So you can get all of these players like Rui Patricio and Matt Doherty, even, even Raul Jimenez, who's who's played very well, you know, all of them, I mean, the, 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 all four of them cost me what 13.5 million, 14.5 million, (laughs) you know, I mean, 4.4. You're the guy who goes to the store one uh, Saturday afternoon and comes back and says to his wife, like, well, look what I got. There was a sale. (laughs) Are I mean, these great? I mean, Matt Doherty just rose from four point four to four point five. I mean, he's you know he has had two twelve point hauls in the last three matches. Uh, Patricio has been amazing. Uh, him and has actually almost had a goal uh, to go with his assist. Um, and I wanted Mitrovic as well. There's just no way to do it on two transfers without burning points, and it just seems silly not to do it. So, in the end, um, I, I 
brought in Hazard and Madison, Charles and him. I ended up making 10 changes to my team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just so I mean, I really comprehensively redid the team. I also stashed uh, Trent Alexander Arnold on the bench. I'm not planning to play him for uh, a couple more weeks still. Um, brought in, uh, I kept Wambasaka. I brought in uh, Fabianski as well. So I'm doing the the, the goalkeeper rotation now, uh, although it's going to be Patricia most of the time. Uh, yeah. Finished on se- 78 points. Um, which was good for a 132k game rank, and it got me back up to 50,000 in the world. I shouldn't say back up because I haven't been that high at any point this season. So I jumped 90,000 spots. So I'm at 50,000 in the world. I don't think I need to play a transfer going into this week. So 50k in the world, feel good about my team going into game week eight, and I'm gonna hopefully have two transfers going into game week nine. It just feels like everything like really came together this week. So, uh, you know. Like once a season, that's going to happen. So I was, uh, yeah, I was definitely feeling pretty good. Yeah, you know, the only issue really was that I was all out after Saturday. So I had yeah. to sweat out this uh, this Palace uh, Bournemouth game. Um, and uh, it was amazing. You know, that that um, Ryan Fraser. Oh, come on. You were, you were totally sweating that Burnley-Cardiff match with all those, the, the, the tens of uh, big FPL assets in play on Sunday. Brandon, you, you, you did not, well, we'll get to you in a second. You did not take my advice to pretend that match wasn't even happening. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, but the, obviously the Bournemouth, I was really worried about the Bournemouth Crystal Palace match. I didn't go with Frazier. Frazier got that yellow card for time wasting in the 94th minute. And I don't mean to like, you know, step on people's hearts here anymore, but it was, uh, he gets the yellow card. And when the final points came in, he was only one point shy of picking up bonus point. So if he hadn't lost those two points for yellow, he actually would have run four points um, instead of one. So um yellow cards are killers man yeah i i can't hate fraser for that because you know he did it for the team sure um i feel like we've seen a lot of teams early this season not be able to close out matches like just get the ball in the corner for the for crying yeah. out loud yeah and a little more time wasting i applaud him for that i assumed that i was gonna get two points off of fraser um as that game closed out. So one instead of two, regardless of the whole BPS discussion. Sure. Uh, yeah. I, yep. I will not lose any sleep over that one. Yeah, totally reasonable. Yeah. It was like the trippier losing the trippier clean sheet last week. It was, it was annoying, but you know, whatever you just gotta, you know, you can't bank the points until the game is over. You know, it's well, just like, you just, um, so uh, how about your team then? Like, so you, you, you had, well, let like, me, like let me said, just say, yeah, yeah. let me just say first kudos to you on a great wild card this season for the cheaters were two for two with wild cards. Um, I blew the doors off with my wild card. Was that last week? Or was it just, mm-hmm. just last two week weeks ago? I played it? Two weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, good for us. Yeah. We're both uh, in the top 50 K in the world. Um, I'll definitely take that. Yeah, so I finished on 54 points, uh, just three above the average and a fairly disappointing game week. And I dropped from around 85K overall to 16,375. 8.5K. Yeah. 8.5K, yeah, exactly. So um, doubled my overall rank. But 16K, obviously, is still a great um, rank. And I'm feeling like I'm in a good offensive position here. But the big blunder, my first big blunder of the season, I suppose, was I dropped Mendy like everyone else did, given what's going on there at the Etihad, and uh, many different choices. And pretty much every choice that I could have made would have been a fantastic choice, except the one that I did make. Um, And I brought in Ben Mee of Burnley. Um, Perhaps one of the the (laughs) last people that you would have guessed I would have brought in, particularly in this trademark, the year of the fullback. 
You just chopped uh, off you chopped off the NDY and added an E, and that was your it was lazy, is what it was, Brandon. You had Ben Mendy and then you brought in Ben Me. It was just you wanted to keep yep. it steady, you know. And I took yeah. a copy editor's pen to my team and just uh, <laughs> did one of those squiggle delete signs over Mendy's name, and it ended up with a me. Um, I mean, obviously, the the two fixtures that were upcoming for Burnley were pretty tantalizing with Cardiff away and then Huddersfield at home in game week eight, and mm-hmm. uh, four point nine. Uh, I was still bringing a lot of money into my uh, into my bank, uh, getting rid mm-hmm. of Mendy and bringing in somebody priced at four point nine. Now I mean, this could have been a lot worse. I could have brought in Tarkovsky, who went off with a one pointer and an injury. Right. Um, but first mistake, right, is is in the year of the fullback. I went for a center back, um, right. which I, I can't really explain. I don't really have a lot of answers for you, Josh, as far sure. as this is, is concerned. But yeah. if if you I'm want to talk about now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like, uh, flagellate you too much here. You know, I'm just, uh, you know, we all, thank you. Well, we all make bad transfers. Yeah. So of course, Trippier or Darty were the two obvious moves and Darty was certainly appealing. We've, we've like everyone else, we've praised him on this podcast. He's, he's been looking good over recent weeks, but I just didn't want to be doubled up on wolves. That didn't feel right to me. I wanted to diversify a little bit. So that was the reason why I passed over Darty because they had Patricio and goal. And Trippier, perhaps it was just a bias. I mean, uh, Trippier, he's, ver- he's verging on must-have. He's, he's, you know, how quickly these things change. Now he's the must-have sure. Alonzo in the game right now. Right, but I right. just I just don't like Spurs right now. And this will sort yeah. of seep you into our Kane conversation. You don't like his tiny head? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, listen, I like the look of Trippier. He looks like a cool guy. I don't think his head's that small. Um, it's pretty small. <laughs> uh, but it, it was foolish. I mean, it would, it, regardless of what I thought about Spurs, it would have been a good investment to make. And, of yeah. course, the likely outcome happened to to come through where he got an assist and a, he got attacking returns and a clean sheet. So right. I do regret that. Um, uh, Spurs fixtures after the Cardiff match in game week eight are a little dicier. And yeah. uh, I mean, the Aurier, the Aurier injury really should have convinced me that the Trippier move was the right one to do. Cause that really takes the rotation um, out of Poch's hands. Uh, but not well, great. I not mean, great, Bob. But, but, but was part of your thinking that you wanted possible money for an Aguero to Kane move? I mean, you you did free up some cash with the move. Was that was that part of it yep. at all? Yep. So the, the cash I have, uh, I'm left with two options, and I can turn Aguero into Kane, or I can turn Danny Ings into Arnautovic. So uh, okay. those are the two moves I'm looking at going into game week eight. So. Yeah, okay, the interesting the money I brought in, decision. so that would have, of course, been the, the case that you would make for Darty. Like, well, save even more money and go for a 4.5 or cheaper, and that would have been right. smarter. But um, I, I, I think maybe I was just convinced by Burnley's performance against Bournemouth. They're out of Europa. Maybe they're looking better. The fixtures are, at least for the, the short term, uh, looking better. I'll jump in and try and get two easy clean sheets. Clean sheets are not easy, everyone. You cannot just <laughs> buy clean sheets. It is no. not possible. So uh, Ben me, you're on my naughty list, uh, but, <laughs> but I'm stuck with you for the time being. 
Well, yeah, and you got a good fixture next week too, right? Aren't they away to Huddersfield? So they're know, they're at home to Huddersfield. So a home to Huddersfield, even better. Yeah, a, home, yeah. a home banker, definitely me for a clean sheet. He'll, he's going to have a uh, Robert Huth esque game against Man City. <laughs> a Huth against a Man City. Goals. Two, yeah, two goals and a clean sheet, maybe a yellow card just for good measure. And, and I'll sure, be loving it. Take a shirt one. off after that. Um, so uh, just because we're talking about wild card, Jim Payne, uh, producer Jim Payne, had a question. He said. Uh, start, I've started off very poorly this season. I still have my wild card left, but I'm hesitant to use it because of the many, uh, because many of the higher players' players' performance is still in doubt. Do I take a shot now, or do I wait until the template is more defined? Um, and I actually, I, I actually answered his question on a <laughs> direct message. But my oh, my feeling is, yeah. Well, I wanted to catch any price changes that might have happened, uh, which is that you know the template never stops changing. You know, and I mean we you know that we had the big the big three at the back template just four or five weeks ago, and now that that's really cast into doubt. You know, so I think, yep. um, and I do feel like it's 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 okay to um, to just to just wild card even if it's not the perfect time. Um, I wildcarded not to be honest, I really, I should have wildcarded one or two weeks before, um, you know, and, uh, you know, so I definitely feel like, um, if you feel like you've got, if it's you know, this early in the season with price rises, you know, this is like, this is that time when a player can jump like a million over the course of, you know, four or five weeks. And, you know, you really just have to get in early if you want to afford these people, because if you, if you're stubborn and you wait too long or you just not even necessarily stubborn, but if you feel like you're just, uh, um, you know, like you can get by without them for a while. Like suddenly you find yourself in a position where you can't even own all of these various players you want because their prices have risen so much. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I, I mean, I don't really like playing the price, like price rise game so much. Like I don't, it's not that I think I don't like getting in early for sell on value so much as I just like feel like you have more options, the cheaper you can get these players. You know I mean? Like I, I didn't yeah. want to sell on Sadio Mane. Um, that was a tough move. I, I moved Mane to Hazard, um, you know, built in what 0.5 in value. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it just, it had to be done. Um, yeah, you know, so. I, I think broadly speaking, I think that's exactly right. I'll push back a little bit because I don't know if what you're saying implies that you should just try and get everyone. Um, cause you just can't get everyone and somebody like Kane or Trippier, maybe for me will be players where I'll just let them rise and I'll find my, I'll find my edge elsewhere. So right. I think uh, maybe maybe what I want to stress, based though I I am agreeing with what you're saying, what I might stress or put emphasis on, on is target the few players that you really want in your team, and then maybe, right. maybe base your wild card decision around those players. There could be other big players right. that are or bandwagons that are price rising. Don't feel pressure there if, if frankly, you just don't feel like you want them in your team. Right. I mean, I guess that, yeah. I mean, but I think there, there are a lot of players right now who are cheap that, that are easy, like that are just very easy to, like that you want to have, you know, like, I mean, all these Wolf players I talked about earlier, but someone like James Madison, you know, priced like, you know, like he's kind of like a Riyad Mahrez light right now, you know, and priced at, you know, what is he? 6.6 million, 6.7 now. Um, you know, just very affordable. I mean, I, I felt like when I put my wild card, I was like, this is kind of boring because I do have everybody that's good right now. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the I, my only regret actually is that I didn't bring in even more of the bandwagon players, you know, like that I didn't bring in Raheem Sterling, you know, like it was like I could have just had every single bandwagon um, and I held back a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's one week, so you can't, you know, you can't read too much into it a single week. But, um uh, you know, just going online and seeing who like who everybody seems to be looking at and then 
maybe pairing it with the fixtures a little bit. Um, I mean, I think it's okay to have a team that's a little boring, you know, because uh, if you score a lot of points, then that's fun. And who cares if you're boring? Who cares indeed? Uh, <laughs> but th- there are things out there that are not boring, Josh. And among them, chiefly among <laughs> them, is the always cheating Super League. So we'll <laughs> yeah. run th- well, let's run through the top 10 of the Super League after game week seven real quick. Starting at number 10, Wizard of Oz, James Peel, eighth tie for eighth place. Guy Dahar and Shane Cavini uh, in mm-hmm. seventh place. We've got man, some tough names in the top 10 this week. Nikolai mm-hmm. Zugalin in seventh place. Mm-hmm. Sixth place, Matt Frisky. Fifth place, Luke Whaley. Fourth, Mort- Morton Tyhaugen. Third place, mm-hmm. uh, we have we have a fixed top three. So sticking in third is John McMahon. Second place, Andrew McKinnon. And in first place, Richard Ninkvist, who is ranked 14 overall in the world. He uh, got 71 points on the game week. Current total of 551. Well played, Richard. Yeah, Vinyl Richie, who is a longtime, uh, I think he's, is he a producer level Patreon supporter? He's, he's I, maybe he's the um, Sam Volkswagen level Patreon supporter, but, you know, longtime supporter of the podcast. Um, and just, I, I'm just genuinely really excited uh, to have such a nice, you know, I don't know, just someone we know, uh, 14 mm-hmm. in the world. It's so cool. He's going to take um, us and, with us. Yeah. Uh, he's going to take us with <laughs> him when, <laughs> when he ultimately wins the trip to whatever premier league match. And I don't know, like a <laughs> Nintendo 64 with a copy of FIFA 12. Um, yeah. Neo Geo. Uh, he, yeah. <laughs> take us right along with him. Uh, Brandon, uh, a couple of th- uh, Patreon thank yous. Uh, we have a new producer, Brandon, Trevor Ingerson. Thank you, Trevor. Uh, very uh, awesome. And uh, two new Embicani patrons, Paul and Lucas Housestucky. Um, thank you to Paul and Lucas. And Brandon, we have a new contest for Patreon supporters too. Yeah, big news. Another reason to become a Patreon supporter of Always Cheating. Our friends at Starting Eleven, the Daily Fantasy app, they are offering a retro kit. And this contest is available to all of our Patreon subscribers at any level. So at the end of each month, at the end of each month, whoever's ever at the top of our supporters league table for that month gets a free retro kit courtesy of our friends at Starting Eleven. And that kit is coming from the site Three Retro. If you want to check out uh, what sort of kits you can be uh, winning, just go to threeretro.com or, or, or Google it or something. So thanks to our friends at Starting Eleven for sponsoring that. And if you want to get involved, just head over to patreon.com slash always cheating and uh, join at any tier. That's right. Exactly. Any chair and uh, obviously anyone who's who's currently a Patreon supporter is, is eligible for this contest as well. But yeah, each month, free kit. It's going to be awesome. Really excited about it. Brandon, we have a shout out as well, don't we? Indeed, we do have a shout out this week. And if you if you want to do your own, just head over to alwayscheating.com, hit the shop button. And uh, you uh, for for the price of a cup of coffee, Josh, you too can give your friend or your mini league rival a hard time here on the mm-hmm. Always Cheating podcast. So this shout out from Anders Javi is to Hans Lucas, you useless beep. Having Begovic as a GK getting zero points the week after playing your wild card shows your total lack of football knowledge. You are dropping like a rock week after week in our Ratsputis mini league. I should note that Anders is from Norway. We've got some Norwegian slang coming up here. And you will surely, this is for you, Hans Lucas, and you will surely burn in fantasy hell in all eternity. Beep! Fordant Urbukelige. Fantasy Spitter. 
Well done, Brandon. Uh, I hope that's not racist or offensive. We we couldn't quite figure out the translation there. All right, Brandon. Uh, yeah, Anders. Anders really gave it to Hans Lucas, and uh, I enjoyed hearing you do Norwegian too. That was fantastic. Let's take a break. We'll get back, and we're going to talk about heavy hitters, Brandon. Who else will we talk about? But the heaviest of hitters. Mm, so heavy, like the uh, the so um... like the Beatles song. She's so heavy. <laughs> Brandon, we're back. Heavy hitters. Uh, okay, so the question here, <laughs> uh, the question here is really, uh, who do you need and who you can, who can you survive without? Right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about this before in the podcast. Um, yeah, ideally, we all want to have Eden Hazard and Mo Salah, and let's throw in Sadio Mane too, and uh, let's also throw in Harry Kane and Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling and um, Sam Bokes. Robertson. Folks, let's add in Robertson and Mendy and Alonso as well, right? That, that team is like $148 million. So there's <laughs> there's no – you can't have everybody and who can you survive without? And I thought we would just – we had a lot of questions about various heavy hitters. I thought we would move through kind of each of the teams. I thought this would be the, the best way to do it is sort of move through the teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll start with – you know because we have questions about Spurs and, and City players and Liverpool. And then I threw in a question at the end about um, – um, about uh, Mitro versus Arnie, because I feel like that's a big question as well. So um, start with starting with Spurs, though, uh, Jay Stallman, I think, has kind of the simplest question here, um, which is uh, Salah for Kane. Now, obviously, um, one is a midfielder, one is a forward, but in order to free up enough cash for Kane, a lot of people are moving Salah out for, for Harry Kane. So is that – what do you think about that? Like maybe if I said Salah versus Kane, um, yeah. you know, who yep. do you want more? I feel like we finally reached a week. So in previous weeks, or basically since the start of the season, um, we would uh, say it's got to be Salah. Look at that ownership. Look at that potential. The underlying stats are there. Week Mm -hmm. to week, maybe he's not blowing the doors off, but um, you must go Salah. Kane is looking sluggish. Uh, Spurs are looking sluggish as a whole. This Mm -hmm. Coming out of game week seven, we're at what could be a tipping point and not not a tipping point in that we have justifiable action. But right. it is this is the week in which it becomes very hard for me to make the case that you should have Salah instead of Kane. So that you have um, to, you know, yeah. They, like, yeah, because I think that was how I was feeling. My feeling was you have to have Salah, you know, and OK, I, I actually still feel like I'm being I feel I am still preaching patience with Salah. Maybe I'll be the last guy that still has Salah on my team. I don't know. But, I mean, he could have had a brace. He could he could be on 15 points coming out of that Chelsea game. And, I mean, he's still creating chances. I mean, it's, I don't think he'd suddenly – unless he'd, like, turn into the Dusan Tadic all of a sudden where, you know, all of the all of the stats point to a, an amazing fantasy asset and never quite delivers. But I, I just feel like it's still going to happen for Salah. and. Yeah. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that he's so expensive. I mean, that's yeah. I guess that's the problem. You know, is we're not even talking about a ten million player; we're talking about a thirteen million player. Are you familiar with this? There's a there's a parable about a man who's in a flood and he's standing on the roof of his house. The flood water, waters are up that high. He's got mm-hmm. no food. He's he has no help, and he's just waiting to get rescued. And mm-hmm. uh, a boat comes by, and it's like, "Hey, do you need rescuing?" He's like, "No, God will come save me." And mm-hmm. uh, the boat goes on. A few moments yes. later, a, a helicopter comes by. You got? Yeah. You need a lift, buddy, off your roof? He's like, no, nah, God will save me. Of course, the man right. dies and in the afterlife. God says, well, I sent you a, a boat or a helicopter. So I feel like 
Salah is um, we the fan religious on the podcast that often, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. But it was <laughs> let's let's do it. Like this, we're getting heavy in this section, right? With the heavy hitters, so uh, let's get heavy. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the fantasy gods have sent us Kane. They've sent us Raheem Sterling, and we're like, nah, we're good. Uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. stick with Mo Salah. So. <laughs> Okay, that's kind of how but, I'm I mean, feeling Kane, right now. Kane was Salah like four weeks ago, right? I mean, like he was the expensive player who was super disappointing. And I mean, okay, I will say, you know, I he, I know he picked up a, a a goal and a penalty. I mean, the second half of that game, he was not very impressive. I mean, it's like the fixtures are good, and obviously he's home to Cardiff in game week eight. I am still not blown away with Harry Kane as a fantasy asset. Yeah, um, I think it's it, what what yeah. uh, what crystallized it for me was so watching. I was watching the goal rush during this the the myriad kickoffs on Saturday afternoon, and they immediately flash over to Spurs Huddersfield, and Kane is going to score the exact same goal on a on a counterattacking move that he scored against Huddersfield last season. And mm-hmm. last season he tucked it into the corner. He tucked it behind Losel. And this season he just hit it right at the goalkeeper. And I was like, oh, of course, Harry Kane did. So even though he he scored, basically the only goals he's scoring from open play now are these towering headers, just because he um, so so much taller than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um, and a penalty, well taken as his penalty was. Um, yeah, a brace is in its own way convincing, but the way in which he scored this brace is isn't one that says there is a real change coming. Yeah, one was on a pen, right? I mean, yeah, he's always on pens, which which does you know definitely put like something in his in his pocket, you know, in terms of just like a real reliable kind of chip to have there. Uh, I mean, if Salah were on pens, I feel like that would just lock him in, right? You'd never. It's just like it'd be that that little difference. It'd be an extra thirty points a season or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I am not dropping him right now. I would be. I guess if I had enough money in the bank to do the Aguero, I mean, my feeling honestly too is just that I, these big fixtures don't scare me when it comes to teams like City and Liverpool. I mean, Mo Salah should have had at least a goal in the match yesterday. Or, I mean, the match on Saturday, right? I mean, yeah. if not two. I mean, he looked great and the finishing wasn't quite there. Now, unless we think that suddenly he like needs glasses and can't like, I mean, it's, he's not, he's not old all of a sudden. I mean, it's like, it's like, he's had like a little bit of bad luck. And, uh, you know, I continue Brandon to mute and unfollow people who, who like give him too much crap on Twitter. Isn't that the plot of major league where, uh, Charlie Sheen's (laughs) character just needs glasses. Exactly. But it was just, it's just like he's missing by like oh, so little, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Kane is outscoring him by five points on the season. So, you know, it's not like it's like some, you know, crazy. It's not like you're a total fool for for not having Kane. I mean, his ownership is still under 30 percent. So even even when he does well, it doesn't kill you. It's not yeah. like, you know, it's you know, his, his ownership among top managers, I think, is just starting to climb up. I mean, for weeks and weeks, nobody had him. Right. Nobody who was like in the top, you know. 300k in the world or anything mm-hmm. like that you know so um yeah so i mean you know the appeal is that the fixtures are good the, the real appeal is that the card of fixture is a great captaincy option mm-hmm. um long term i don't love his fixtures right i mean they're not they're not great mm-hmm. um you know i mean they play they play city in a couple of weeks it's not a great fixture uh they play away to wolves you know that's not a great fixture home to chelsea i mean i know that he destroyed chelsea once Five years ago, I'm like, we'll never forget about it. But it's not, it's not ideal, what a day. you know. What a day that was. <laughs> yeah, it was like New Year's, New Year's Day, right? Um, so you know, I just think uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I totally, I, I walk, like I was not on the cane train at all last week. I really never seriously considered him for my team. Um, and I, I suppose that was a mistake. Um, I could have had Sterling and Kane instead of Salah and Aguero. I mean, in the end, I got eight points from Aguero, you know, uh, captained. I mean, you know, you got you got 13 from Kane. So it was a, you know, it, it was a marginal. Di- I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a massive difference. Um, and I think Aguero could absolutely score a way to, to Liverpool in game week eight. I mean, you know, I mean, he's I, not, I guess like he's not scoring against Burnley in game week nine, though, because Ben Mee is uh, a brick wall. <laughs> He, he can't. He won't be able to get past me. I mean, exactly. That's that's not going to happen. Um, you know, I guess the thing about the thing that's appealing about Kane. I, I know we're like walking. I feel like we're talking about this every which way, but um, I mean, he is kind of fixture proof. That's the that's the appeal. I mean, with Salah, you do worry about you know him getting rested. At the same time, if Salah is playing in some of the upcoming fixtures, including away to Huddersfield in game week nine, which will probably play out because it'll be after the international break, yeah. home to Cardiff in game week 10, home to Fulham in game week 12. Yeah. I mean, these are some of these are phenomenal fixtures. And, yeah. you know, uh, the, you know, I, he might not play in one of them. There's no way he's not going to play in three of them. You know, yeah. he's not going to get rested, can you know, I, three times in four matches. Yeah. Can, uh, just on Sala, uh, first of all, we're banning the cliche. You're no longer, no one is ever allowed to say, well, last season Sala would have put that one away. We're done with that. Right. You can't say that can anymore. We also, can we also ban the term underlying stats? Are we allowed to <laughs> that, ban that term as well? That's or, fine. Or we're banning terms? Okay. It's just, yeah. And uh, we're just eye test from here on out. No, no more stats. This is no longer a stats-based podcast. <laughs> Um, but with Salah, <laughs> was it being, ever? <laughs> Salah wasn't like hauled off like uh, against Chelsea. Klopp didn't bring Salah off like you're you're a detriment to the team. Klopp is in a situation where he needs Salah to perform. Uh, some somewhere in the ballpark of what he was doing last season. If Liverpool are going to actually challenge for the title. So right. I think Klopp's decision there, if I can read Klopp's mind, is not I need to haul Salah off in the 65th minute because he's destroying our chances of getting a point against Chelsea. He's, he's like, it's not happening for Salah. It's Klopp, better Klopp for- said as much after he said exactly that much after you're not, you don't have to read his mind at all because that's what he said after the press conference. Oh, you know, thank God someone's reading these press conferences. <laughs> but yeah, so he, so yeah, just to echo that Klopp is in a position in which he's trying to he's trying everything he can to get the best out of Salah. It's in his interest to get Salah scoring. It's not in his interest to be punitive or to to right. try and not have him in the lineup. So I mean, yeah. we're sort of taking this journey with Klopp to the for the, the betterment of Salah. <laughs> I agree, and the, the, you know the term that he used uh, in the press conference that he's still working his way into the season a little bit, the feeling that he's maybe not quite not quite at full strength. I mean, the shoulder injury over the summer probably. You know, uh, slowed slowed him down a little bit as well. Um, you know, like coming from being at sort of top shape at the start of the season. The season has not been a disaster either. I mean, you know, three goals and two assists through seven games. It's not. A, it's not. A, I mean, it's it's a, it's kind of a disaster at thirteen million. It's like James Madison levels of excellence. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So I guess we, somehow we were going to talk about Kane. We ended up talking about Salah, uh, or I guess we kind of talked about both of them. So what do you think? Are you going to bring, what are the odds you bring in Kane this week? 90%? Is it, uh, is it 8%? Is it 
17.2%. Close, close on 17.2. I think I was going to say 50-50, but I think it's probably 25% that I go Kane. And um, it would be Aguero to Kane. And that's just for the luxury of a really fun captaincy option. If you if you look at Aguero's fixtures coming up, it's 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 competitive fixtures peppered with triple captaincy opportunities. So (laughs) it's like you you certainly see the downside of Aguero, but um, it's it's a majority upside. The smarter move for me is 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 Danny Ings to Arnautovic and that I'm looking to make a smarter, more um, I don't know if it's conservative, just looking to make a less aggressive move this week and Ings to Arnautovic feels right to me. And for all the reasons that we've been saying, I don't, I'm having trouble making the case to bring in Kane just for short term. So uh, that's the way I'm framing it. If I'm bringing in Kane to me, it feels like a short term bet and a short term bet at 12.5 is, is a hard one for me to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. I, 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 you know, I guess, I mean, it's not like we have to come down in a definitive way. We're just talking about it, but I, I, I can see the arguments for and against Kane. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I'm not, I'm not especially interested in dropping it. I mean, right now I feel like we have the dream with, with Aguero. It's what we've always wanted, which is, you know, basically Jesus so far has been playing in the league cup matches and the champions league matches and, when he plays, he's been played with Aguero um, in the home matches, and Aguero has basically been used in the matches that we want him to be used in as a fantasy manager, you know? Yeah. And so as long as that continues, he's really exceptional value as the as the penalty taker and, you know, primary, uh, you know, sort of attacking thrust of the best offensive team in the league. You know, and viewed through that lens, I just don't really see the. I mean, yeah, like you said, it's a short term thing. Like I can understand not wanting Aguero for this one week, you know, and wanting and wanting Kane instead. But over the next eight weeks, I still prefer Aguero. Yeah. Also, because he's a million cheaper. You know, a few and other, so, yeah. You know, a few other points for Aguero. Everyone's talking about Hazard and Sturridge's goals over the weekend. The Aguero goal right before he came off against Brighton was. So astoundingly beautiful. The way he dribbled through some of those defenders laid off to Sterling and Sterling again laid it off. Just amazing. We're not really talking about the form that Aguero is in, which is great. And also on top of the fact that he's secure for starts, it seems Pep is doing he's he's getting that um, sort of cotton wool treatment. You know, the the 60 to 70 minute range substitution to me says we're, we're rolling this dude out for every fixture we can. So we're not going to have him yeah. play the full 90. Well, it's just the trap that all of us fall into. And I know I do as well, which is all, you get this, you can only think about it from one point of view, you know, and it's like you, all you can think about is how good Kane could do, you know? And it's like, you can't even like think about what you give up for it. You know, it's like all you fall, all you focus on is what you can get from this one transfer. And um, I don't know. It's just like, I, I mean, I, I, it could totally work out. I mean, Kane could get, he could score four this weekend, you know, sure. It's definitely possible. And someone will, you know, laugh at us when he does, but um, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think just for the one week punt that he's like, I mean, Nick, Nick Rima says Kane one week punt or long-term buy. Um, I think for me, it's neither. I'm just, I'm just avoiding entirely right now. Um, what, which is what we're talking about Spurs, Brandon. Uh, Al Tigre said uh, Lucas Mora uh, switched to Sun. Sane, KDB, or downgrade. I mean, what what do you think about Mora? He's been kind of disappointing, right? I mean, as a mm-hmm. 
you know, just given that he kind of like everything kind of opened up for him to be the guy, right? I mean, they lost all their midfield. Yeah, <laughs> I know? think it, it's it, it's kind of a natural progression for an FPL asset like Mora. And I feel like Son has done the same thing earlier in his FPL career where you have this really exciting, dynamic, attacking mid-price midfielder. And they're sort of really on one or two weeks at a time and then they fade away and you're left to decide whether you stick or twist. And I think that's what you're going to get throughout the season with Mora is yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll have good runs and you'll have really fallow periods. Uh, the, I like the idea of holding off um, for KDB to come back. I mean, wait to see how healthy he actually is and what kind of form he immediately gets into. But KDB back in training for Man City, that would, that could be a huge midfield differential. We, we, you just have a whole host of other midfielders to pick from even, even cheaper than that. You know, Madison, Fraser, Richarlison. um, Yeah. Yeah. Go down, go down a like level. You know, like go for, go away from the top six teams. Yeah, it's like this is like a classic, like difficult decision to make. It's like, do you want the the fourth best attacker on a top five team, or do you want the number one offensive option on a on the eighth best team in the league or the tenth best team or whatever? You know, it's like, do you want yeah. Pascal Gross? You know, last year, or do you want? Whatever, like Mkhitaryan this year, you know, it's like, do you want like, you know, obviously that that, that didn't work out with Mkhitaryan, but you know, like it's a, Aaron Ramsey often falls into this category where Aaron Ramsey isn't necessarily the best attacker on Arsenal, but he's always the one you can afford, you know, and so it's like, do you want Ramsey or do you want the guy like, do you want someone like Madison who's like on corners and free kicks? And, you want the it's the it's stuff. the talisman theory, right? It's it's right exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm with you. So uh, let's move on to Man City, Brandon. Um, You'll notice a similarity here in a couple of these questions. Adam P <laughs> says, are any city midfielders worth the risk? And Poch, we trust as owning the Man City midfielder worth the anxiety. Uh, Jeff Petter says, how long can we all ignore Sterling? Red Dagger says, have we overlooked Sterling? Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of questions about the midfield, Brandon. And yeah, yeah let's start with Raheem Sterling. Uh, 11 million. I think he's about to rise to 11.1 million. Uh, no, like... It's weird. Like nobody has them still, right? I mean, now now some of the wild carders do. Some of the smarter people, yeah. smarter than me, brought in brought him in. But I, you know, did you? It's tempting, right? I mean, sure, just, yeah, just, just, so just easy. Look, just looking at his stats, it's it's attacking returns in four straight games, with three goals and two right. assists in the last four. Yeah. But yeah, four point four percent team selected by. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> tricky one. Um, yeah, you want to talk about differential. I mean, you know, if you ignore the price for a second, it's, I mean, a 4.4% guy who's averaging whatever, what is 47 divided by 7, like 6.5 yeah. or something like that? Yeah. It's a, Yeah, it's phenomenal. I think the move is, is Salah to Sterling, but my concern there is, in all likelihood, that move is a wash, don't you think? Uh, you're, it's Salah a wash, to Sterling, but, yeah. But maybe you're, you're saving $2 million. Yeah, it, I, yeah, it's a wash. I mean, maybe that's a good. Okay, maybe I'm. Maybe that's yeah, actually a good I, thing. If it is a wash, yeah, then it's a cheaper I I, way I, to get those points. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we've seen Salah go. It, 
Okay, so there's there's a question. I guess we'll just. I mean, we talked about Salas so much. Let me just move a, a this, solid uh, this section up here. is all over the map, Josh. We, let's just <laughs> let's freestyle. We're freestyling <laughs> on the heavy hitters. All right. Yeah, we've been talking for an hour already. It says uh, more than just a tenor. Says, do you think confirmation bias is causing people to keep Salah? I don't think anyone can debate his finishing has been woeful this season. I mean, confirmation. But I mean, is it isn't it just that that we know how good he is? That all of the stats point to the best attacking player in the league. I mean, you know, it's it's still like I mean, you watch Salah versus Sterling. I mean, Sterling scores his goals on wide open tap ins, mm-hmm. which I get, which isn't a uh, disparaging him. It's just the nature of their attack. And Salah is a player who is constantly creating chances for himself, you know, mm-hmm. and, and 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 constantly in a position to to score goals. And you just think to yourself, God, if everything clicks for Salah, he's going to have a hat trick in this match. And and you know, and then suddenly Salah finishes on seven points with no bonus. And you're like, Sterling touched the ball three times, but he has two goals, you know, and uh, finished on 16 points in the game week. Um, and so, yeah, I think we probably are all ignoring Sterling. I think that it's um, – I would not blame someone for doing a – if you had two transfers this week, doing Sala to Sterling and Aguero to Kane would be a reasonable move, I think. What's the knock on Sterling always? Just that he, I don't know, that he's not like, uh, that he doesn't get bonus points, that he's not. No, the knock is always he's a poor finisher. He's terrible at finishing. Right. Sure. So, you know. There's many knocks. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know. It's like Sala. Also, also what did everyone say about Sala early last season? Miss a lot of chances. Uh, Miss a lot of chances. Sure. Gets a lot of, gets the ball taken away a lot. Gets dispossessed very often. Miss a lot of chances. All right. So what else? Okay. So is Sterling the, is the only route into the Man City midfield right now, uh, unless KDB comes back better and better than ever. Um, I don't know if there's no one, no one else in that midfield that I want except for Sterling. No. Um, I mean, David Silva and Bernardo Silva, they, they're both fantastic players, but they're, yeah, I'm not, not bringing them into my team. Yeah, I mean, Gundawan, I think, is if you have like a deep bench, then sure, that could work out for you, right? I mean, he already has got a 13 point game, an eight point game. He's only 5.5 million if he doesn't uh, start every week. This goes back to what we much. were saying earlier, though. The the talismanic, do you want the guy who is yeah. the fifth best attacking? Then Gundawan is what? He's like the 10th best attacking well, player on that team? That's the. <laughs> a tenth, but I mean, you know, he's also a million cheaper than 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 Richarlison and Madison. You know, so if money was really tight, then I then I think it's reasonable. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't prefer him to Madison or Richarlison. Well, no, you're all not. right, Brian. We need to, we need to, we need to bring some structure to this conversation. <laughs> okay, yeah, where are we going? Uh, okay, next? so okay, so let me let's just do like a, an overview before. Let's just move on. All right, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kane, we like but don't love Salah. We're holding on to for now. Sterling. We kind of want him, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, and and that's it. I mean, Mane. I feel like that that's the Mane thing is over, right? <laughs> it's so well. It's it's sad, but it's done. It was fun while <laughs> it lasted. Done. It was a fun. I, I got him for all the good stuff, but I, I dropped him for. I, and his art is essential, and we didn't even talk about Eden his art, right? But that guy is uh, that guy is uh, just about the most essential player in the game right now. Can we agree yeah. on that? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Just just scorching hot for him. You'll rarely see anything like it. 11-point haul, 20-point haul, 10-point haul, and three of the last four fixtures. 
and he plays away to Southampton in game week eight. I mean, he's definitely my captain for game week eight. Um, and then they have a difficult match at home to Man United, but then as Burnley, Palace, Everton in the next three, he's not playing in the Europa League fixtures, at least he hasn't yet. What's what's not to like? I think they could absolutely annihilate Manchester United in that match as well. So um, Right, right. I mean, uh, Jose Mourinho is basically living a cursed existence at this point, and um, that just seems like a, a kind of terrible thing that would happen to him at this well, point. Well, this is... It, well, this is like, you know, when I talked about my wild card, in some ways it was easy because the way it's the way things are working out right now, it's kind of your hands a little forced. It's like, you know, like with 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 Chelsea, there's only one attacker you want. Right. So even though they're like they're like a, a great team, I don't really want Willian and Hazard. I just want Hazard, mm-hmm. you know, with with Man City. I don't really want to be tripled up on their attack. I, I want Aguero and, and maybe Sterling. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, even with with Liverpool, you know, Firmino just isn't doing enough, and and Mane is just pointing. So I really only want Salah. So it's, you know, it just it kind of like it's it makes it very easy to put together a team right now because you you just have money to mess around in the defense, and you know, and you can have a couple of these kind of mid price midfielders, and so this is again why I think it, it's a good time to wild card because it's, it, to me it's very clear who the players you want are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Bit of a dig here from Martin, I have to say. Is Ozil all of a sudden a must-have? Is that pointed at me? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah, that's, that's a big, that's a big no from both of us, right? Do you have any interest in Ozil? No, I, I just have an even bigger <laughs> distaste for him. For okay, so I don't. The the I told you so game is is the oldest and worst game in town. But I called it. I brought him in game week one. Mm-hmm. Stuck by him. You're a, through some terrible you're a times. And uh, <laughs> some terrible times. I was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He still only has two goals and no assists in so seven game weeks. You know, it's not a, it's not that good of a return. Uh, final question in in section one or nine or whatever this is. Um, AJ says, which Vich, Mitrovic or Arnaut Arnautovic? Both. Why not both? I, I think I'm. I think both? I'm definitely yeah. leaning toward both. So mm-hmm. uh, Ings to Arnautovic, and but if I had to choose between the two, Mitrovic mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, he yeah, all the chances are going to go through Mitrovic. I mean, I do like the way that the attack is working out at West Ham. They're looking like they're building quite a bit ahead of steam. Better. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think that uh, Arnautovic is a more mature striker than uh, the Mitro, and like Mitro will will have the occasional game like he had at Everton, where he was kind of worthless, right? And and picked up a yellow card and did generally. I mean, did he even have a shot on target? I mean, I, he was just he had like a nothing game. Uh, but I really like that. I that, that attack just feels like it's really it's built to score goals, and they're going to have to outscore teams to beat them. And uh, yeah. You know, they've just got some great fixtures coming up to him in Cardiff, Bournemouth, and Huddersfield, three in a row. Uh, game weeks nine through 11. It's, you know, it's a great run. Yeah. West Ham's run is not bad either. I mean, game week eight, it's uh, away to Brighton, then Spurs, Leicester, Burnley, and Huddersfield in game week 12. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, shooter's choice. But yeah, lean towards Metro. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Brian, let's take a break. Let's get back to our lightning round in just a second. Josh, I'm stressed out. I am stressed out by oh, no. FPL. This is terrible. Yeah, it is terrible, but oh. I went to the doctor and he wrote me mm-hmm. a prescription. And the prescription mm-hmm. was for starting 11, 
Daily Fantasy. And through Starting Eleven on your iOS or Android phone, you can play cash games live in the UK, the US, Canada, and Germany. And presto change you're you're healed. You're no longer stressed out. And uh, you, you're having the opportunity to play against friends uh, at your local bar or strangers around the world for cash or for free. And it, yeah. it's it's a lot of fun. But let's let's put an emphasis on the cash because that's that's the part that excites me. Brandon. Real cash. You know, it's one thing, you know, we, we all put our, our money in the in the pot at the start of the season in our, our various mini leagues or, you know. Maybe you don't, but but it's more fun if you do. <laughs> and you know, and then you wait, you know, through the ninety-eight game season or whatever it is. Yeah, the money just kind of goes away. Four years later, yeah, exactly. So the money, yeah, the, that money's already gone. What you don't have is that daily juice, that daily excitement, and this is the perfect way to do it. It's a great interface. It's really fun. You get to do a different team than you have right now. So if you're bored with your team, or you feel like you got the template and there's just nothing unique, then hey, you know, load up on seven West Ham players, you know, for <laughs> for a Saturday afternoon. You can do that if you want. You know, you can you can really mess around with it and try out different players. It's also, a, you, even if you want to just get better at FPL, I think it's a way to have a different perspective on the game. Yep. Um, because you get a chance to just it's you know it's you know how it is whenever you own a player you sort of see them through different eyes you know so for sure uh, that's i think that's part of the fun as well and part of the fun for you josh is that there's no more negative bps there are points in starting 11 for all positive <laughs> positive all actions shots. even if there's that's a true. shot off target that's positive points in starting 11 so pogba takes on new levels of value in starting 11 so yeah play starting 11 any day in which there are two or more premier league matches you have no budget restrictions for your squad adjust your lineup right up at until kickoff you can make three live in-game substitutions during the day in which you're playing starting 11 so you feel like you're the manager right there on the sidelines mini leagues yep. coming soon to the app so go to starting 11.io for more information there's a great tutorial video on how to use the app and uh, download the app in, in uh, the apple app store or the uh, android store today do it today all right and good luck All right, Brandon, lightning round time. We're going a little long in this week's podcast. We're going to do this true lightning round style. I know we always say that, and then and then we spend way too long in every it's question. Just, it's just words, Josh. <laughs> just words. It just bridges to, to moralize. Uh, Jeff Petter says, what is the first thing you automatically look at when you're checking your score after the game is updated? And then he asks, is it overall rank, game week rank, main mini league, or the 50-buck cup? <laughs> Well, uh, it's for me, it's overall rank because I pretty mm-hmm. much already know where I'm going to be at in my main mini league. You know, mm-hmm. most most managers, you have this innate sense of like, oh, OK, I know I'm like 15 points behind the next closest rival in the mini league, our 50 buck right. cup where it's just you, me, you and me head to head. I know how many points right. you have before the game is up. <laughs> That's true. But that is, I, I do, I would say I check my score and then I check your score. I will, I will definitely, I will admit that. I don't think that's a, that's a shameful admission. I, I, that won't, <laughs> it won't surprise you to hear that, I'm sure. I won't give you the satisfaction of telling you that I check your score. But between <laughs> no, but between wouldn't. me and the audience, yes, I do check Josh's <laughs> score quite frequently. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's a 50 buck cup followed by, yeah, I, well, the, the problem is, you know, the ranking stuff uh, somehow, 
I don't know. I mean, you know, I know they've got a lot of servers working on this stuff, but it, it still takes a while for that stuff to get computed, you know? So, you know, they, they add bonus points pretty fast. I mean, you and I have been playing long enough that we remember when you used to go to bed yeah. on Sunday and you'd wake up to the yeah. bonus points, mm-hmm. right? Like you had no idea. Sometimes like you could that, be like that, a super close head to head. The head to heads wouldn't even be updated by the time you woke up the next morning after the game week was over. So they've come <laughs> yeah. a long way. I understand that I'd wake up at like six o'clock in the morning just to like go like pop on and, and see if they've been updated yet. Uh, so they, they've made strides, you know, and eventually they'll they'll get even faster, I'm sure. But, you know, it's that's what it takes. I mean, even now, like, you know, the last game was five hours ago. I think we still don't have like all the head to head legs updated. yet. All right. So. Your, your 30 seconds are up, Josh. Next question comes from Leo Howell. Is it a bad thing to have too much on the bench? Is the optimal team a deep and flexible team? or one that's maxed for optimal starters and wish for no injuries or rotation. So I think what Leo is asking here is you can you just put a bunch of cheap scrubs on your bench and just go full bore with all those talismans we were talking about. I mean I, I think mm-hmm. I think the the obvious answer is you have to have a strong bench, particularly the more the the more we get into the quote modern game, the more rotation is a real issue with the uh, managers like Pat yeah. and Klopp playing, playing on multiple fronts, this really high intensity uh, style, you're never going to get away with it in FPL to have a really shallow bench. So, no, I think that's not the right yeah. way to go, Leo. Yeah, I also think this is a year in particular where you can load your bench up with really cheap players who start, right? You could bring in Ryan Bennett, even Matt Doherty, Juan Basaka. Even, um, yeah, Juan Basaka, right? I mean, that guy's still only at, was he at 4.3? I mean, you know, a four a four point three million player who already has, you know, a twelve point game and two nine point games, um, and who started every game that didn't involve a red card suspension. Yeah. Um, you know, that is that is amazing value. Ryan Bennett has what, like three clean sheets to his name now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's just a lot of uh, a lot of value to be had. Um, and yeah, I would definitely focus on Wills. But even even, you know, in the midfield, I mean, I think, you know, I felt a little template to bring him in, but Pierre Emil Hoiberg's numbers are actually pretty solid as his stats. Um, and he's still taking a lot of shots too. And so I'm not hearing um, this. I'm not hearing this Hoiberg talk. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought you couldn't hear me. I was like, oh. <laughs> no. No, I can hear you. I just wish I, I couldn't hear you talking about Hoilberg. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I like, I mean, you know, he's going to be buried deep in my bench most game weeks, but I mean, at 4.5 million, sure. Why not? Sure. Why not? I mean, it's not like Phil Billing on my bench is, is, uh, is the obvious replacement for Hoilberg. He is the top scorer on Huntersfield though, after seven game weeks. (laughs) What a, what a trash team. All right. (laughs) 30 seconds, 30 seconds are up. Leo, do better. James Corral, who would be your best one-week punts for those planning to play their wild card after game week eight? And are there any of those players worth taking a hit for? So James here is asking, uh, he's planning to play his wild card during the international break, so he's got one more week with his current squad. Who should he mm-hmm. take a punt on? Because he's just going to rearrange after that. So, I mean, Harry Kane is the obvious one. I would, If I knew I was wild carding in game week eight, I would feel a little more free dropping Aguero for Kane. And then, I mean, you're going to lose a little bit of money on that yeah. deal having to buy Aguero back. But um, uh, I don't know. That seems I fun think, uh, to me. Yeah. I mean, Jamie Vardy, uh, Lester's home to Everton in game week eight. Um, I mean, Jamie Vardy or Madison, really. I mean, Madison to me is more than a one-week punt. But if, you know, if you just couldn't, 
for some reason, if you didn't work out to regularly have Mattis in your team, you know, having him, he's actually my vice captain right now uh, going into game week eight because I just uh, feel very confident in a Leicester win in that match. Any thoughts about Lukaku at home to Newcastle? Yeah, I thought about him. I just never trust him ever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's a good fixture, but you know, Benitez is a good manager. I mean, he did a pretty good job when they played away to Man City. Um, you know, sort of neutralizing their attacks. I, I, I don't see Man United scoring a ton of goals in that match. Yeah. All right. Who's next? All right. Next question comes from Vinyl Richie. Brandon, once again, number 14 in the world. Wow. I have some says, questions trans- for you, Richie. It <laughs> says, which transfer would you prefer for the midterm? Uh, I think he means the midterm elections. Uh, Ings for Mitrovic or Frazier for Richarlison? It's a very tricky one. Um, Ings to Mitrovic, definitely. I think Fraser Richarlison is a bit of a dead heat at the moment. Fraser, despite coming off of a one pointer against Palace, still had his chances. I mean, Callum Wilson yeah. totally blew an opportunity, and you know, then you're really locking in the bonus for Fraser at that point. He he, Fraser's becoming that type of um attacking midfielder where if he gets any sort of attacking output, he's locked in for bonus. And I really like that. Richarlison, yeah. you could argue is a little more explosive with goals. And, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for that, but uh cheap Fraser is, is great. And good Mitrovic is better than bad Ings. Yeah. Richarlison didn't really, didn't impress overly in that uh in, in that home fixture to, to follow me i expected a lot more out of that game um danny bean says any five i by the way i agree with you i think ings, ings dimitro is the way to go there especially with with uh, fulham's upcoming fixtures uh danny bean says any five of the back success stories from the cheaters i'm obsessed with five two three no I, I'd, I'd never do it i mean this this is the most stressful way to play fpl for me to just yeah, wait so out fun. the clean sheets <laughs> yeah uh, and, just like I, th- I just think about that anguish when Trippier lost five at the end two weeks ago. It was like, you know, it was just horrible. It was a horrible feeling. You know, okay, and e- it's just, e- either you yeah. have the anguish at the end, or you lose the clean sheet very early on, and then you're like, well, I guess I'm just turning this game off now. Yeah, like waiting for corner kicks or something. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Jorgen Yixnoy Rakvag says. How much do you value having two free transfers over the international break? I mean, I, I wish I I wish I would. I, I'm I'm envious of you, Joshua. It looks like you'll have two frees. Obviously, you well, it's good to have yeah. that kind of flexibility because a lot of things can happen over the break. Injuries right. can happen, or, or guys I, yeah, who I think do that a it's... lot of traveling who are, are at risk of rest. However, um, I don't want that to cloud my judgment because I think it's important for me to to set my sights on getting more points in game week eight and you know if if there's a move that you can make in game week eight i think you absolutely have to make it you can't lose sight of that just for this notion that two freezes is, is a good thing to have for the break yeah uh i i agree if i had a move that i really wanted to make this week i would make it i i don't quite know what what that move would be right now um I guess I could move Jimenez to somebody else, but I, I, I really like Wolves fixtures. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold him for a while. I mean, he's home to Watford in game week nine, away to Brighton in game week ten. Um, so I, I don't know that I. I think long term, if I have two transfers, I'll probably end up doing something with him. Um, he doesn't quite score enough for a striker, 
Um, but um, yeah, I don't feel any urgency there. So I guess the short answer is um, I think it's slightly overrated to have two free transfers. I don't think that many injury. I, I, I can't remember that many times when I've come on an international break and I've had like a ton of injured players. I mean, I guess the one thing you want to have coming on an international break is a playing bench, you know, because invariably one of your guys gets rested, mm-hmm. you know, so, but you don't, you don't often know who that is going to be, you know, um, they don't often tell you in the press conferences, oh, I mean, Ben Mendy, right, came out of the NLS international break just not playing, you know, and there was no, like, Pep never mentioned it. Nobody knew, you know, he was just not playing. And uh, so, I mean, that that always, you know, so I, I guess it's, it's a, there's the feeling that you need, like, you need to have a strong team after the international break. But it's really more, I think, about making sure your bench is solid. FPL Ginger, my good friend in New Orleans, asks, I have pool and city defense as well as Wolves and Palace defense, what strategy would you use in picking starters? So um, Ginger's got, uh, he's pitting his players against each other in game week eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I think that I I actually have, um, I have a Wolves defender and a Palace defender as well. I'm actually planning to play Doherty over uh, Wampasaka um, going into that match. Um I just, I, first of all, I think Doherty has more attacking potential, so that's part of it. But um, I just really am feeling that Wolves defense right now, and I Palace are kind of a mess, you know. And it's not, they're. I thought they'd be better, really. I mean, with this great run of fixtures, I thought they'd be better than they are. I mean, they, they just, I think they only have two wins in the season. Um, so, but I guess the larger question is, you know, do you play top defenders against each other when they play each other? You know, like. You know, do you want to do you want to have Kyle Walker and Robertson? And I mean, I mean, you just did this, right? You just had Alonzo and Robertson in the yeah. Chelsea Liverpool match. It didn't work out in that case, but I mean, Robertson should have had an assist yeah. for Shakiri at yeah. the end. Uh-huh. Uh, Alonzo was unmarked on a Eden Hazard uh, corner kick at the end of the game. Should have scored the game-winning goal there, and he nearly I mean, he had a clean scored, sheet. But he had a chance to, and he nearly had a clean sheet. Yep. So um, I think you just play your top guys. Yep, just play your top guys and hope for the best. Additionally, like in um, City versus Liverpool, I'll play Robertson. Well, actually, yeah, I probably won't play Robertson. But hypothetically, if you've got Aguero versus a defender, like best case scenario is Robertson loses his clean sheet because Aguero just scored a boatload of goals. So that's it, you right. kind of win either way, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, exactly. Uh, FPL research says, uh, with the increase of available information, is the template getting harder and harder to beat? Uh, it's just getting harder to keep up with, I think, because, uh, yeah, I think there's that, no template. Yeah. Yeah. The template only, the template changes every week, mm-hmm. you know, there's no like, so, I mean, I, I guess that's the question is, can you stay ahead of the, but, but, you know, we're not playing against robots, you know, I mean, we're not <laughs> even, you know, so it's you know if you if the if the if the game is to okay let's let's I mean again this is lightly around I don't want to spend too long on this but what is a template a template is a team made up of players that are doing extremely well right so if the goal is to have more players that are doing extremely well than other people then that is kind of the game mm-hmm. you know and um, and. I mean, you know, and I've said before, like a differential only lasts for a week or two before everybody has them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if there's, you know, Juan Bissaka was a differential for a week, right? And, <laughs> and then he was, then he was 20% owned because everybody was like, oh, there's a four, four million player who's starting and picking up assists. Yeah. 
Um, you know, so uh, same with Matt Doherty. I mean, Matt Doherty's going to end up like 30% ownership in the next couple of weeks, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last question comes from Robert. Are you feeling the Siggy love? Um, I, I think I, I, I have a great distaste for Everton this season. Sorry about that, <laughs> Jeremiah, but I do. And uh, I, I don't care how many, uh, however many goals Siggy scores. First of all, the dude is too expensive. Uh, for the game mm-hmm. right now, for for I, I tried Everton to end this doing. on an easy note, Brennan. You were going to say no, I was going to say no, and we're going to move out of the session. Oh, oh okay. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, <laughs> belabor it then. So that's that's a pass on Siggy. Yeah, I'm not feeling the Siggy love either. All right, Brennan. Finally, uh, game week eight. Uh, we're we're going to three of these ten matches. It's amazing. Uh, starts off with Brighton West Ham. It's a Friday night fixture. So remember to set your team nice and early for this one. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll be there. It's exciting. Get ready for a lot of Buzz Bissinger references on our social media feeds <laughs> under the Friday night lights. Um, lots of explosions in the sky. Thematic music playing while uh, Shane Duffy goes up to clobber someone on a on a <laughs> defensive corner situation uh i i don't i I wouldn't be surprised if brighton held west ham to a clean here but i I imagine it's going to be a pretty tight fraught game maybe like a one one yeah i think there are um there are a couple of games that are really interesting this weekend uh we're going to one of them i think fulham arsenal should be a really interesting match yes um i think it's that's kind of a coin flip who actually wins that match Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, Arsenal is certainly in very good form. I know the defense has been a lot better, two clean sheets in a row. Um, and yeah, and Leno, by the way, I mean, you know, he looked good kept too. Clean sheets, yeah, it was cheap too. Um, and then uh, Liverpool Man City on Sunday, which is a uh, you know very interesting match. Uh, I, we kind of believe any scoreline for that match, right? Like if three a three two win would be believable so i mean let's let's consider the midweek fixtures uh liverpool have napoli is that right on wednesday liverpool have napoli on wednesday and uh spurs are playing barcelona on wednesday as well so right uh, and and arsenal playing the arsenal play away on thursday too which might give fulham a little little bit of an edge indeed yeah fulham really need that signature win uh, and a win at home, something to sort of define or start to define the season for them. And yeah, yeah. So I, I'm hopeful that we could bear witness to that. Man City travel to Hoffenheim on uh, tomorrow, the the day you're probably mm-hmm. listening to this. So that that's not really gonna, probably not going to impact the city lineup too much. And yeah, the only question is whether Aguero or Jesus. Uh, Pep was talking like Aguero might start in that game, which I would much prefer he didn't do but you know even traveling you know the tuesday to sunday that's you know especially with the international break coming after that i i don't see i i find it hard to imagine aguero not starting in that liverpool match yeah what about watford bournemouth i think that's a really exciting fixture and that should be i mean two yeah. well-matched attacking teams who are in really great form yeah yeah that's a game that's a fraser could could go off in that game right like you get some counter-attacking points and yeah i mean everton lester is kind of the same way too right it's kind of a fun match just kind of you know it's like 
it could be a little bit like the Everton Bournemouth match where like you would, you know, you could see someone getting a red mm-hmm. card, mm-hmm. you know, in the 40th minute and still, you still see four goals after that. The, so this, uh, this you know, schedule is rife with exciting matchups. Palace Wolves, I think will be really cool too, particularly at Sellers yeah. Park. I think it'll be a pretty big mm-hmm. challenge for Wolverhampton. That's yeah, going to be awesome. Oh, and then, you know, we didn't even say anything about Nick Wright, by the way, but our friend Nick Wright is also a Patreon supporter, uh, got us tickets to the Spurs match. So uh, thank you. Thank you to Nick. We'll be at Wembley for this game. So we we, we kind of glossed over Hazard is kind of nailed for a captaincy for a, I think our so. best teams. Seems so obvious. I mean, I guess the only worry would be if he played 90 minutes away in the Europa League. All right. Actually, even then they're home. They're home on Thursday. So even then I wouldn't be that worried about it. So, yeah, I think I think he's I think you're good to go there. My cowardly fanboy move of the week is vice captain captaining uh, Mitro. A meaningless gesture in game week. <laughs> yeah, I, I had him on, and then I moved it to, uh, and then I moved it to Madison. Uh, you know, kind of, the, it's like the same move, right? It's like the the mid table guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's your vice captain pick is always like your hipster pick. Like, well, if I, you <laughs> right. know, if if you if. <laughs> If the uh, yeah, the guts, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if, if if the template didn't exist, and if there wasn't all this herd mentality, this is the move that I would really make. But <laughs> exactly. All right, Brendan, that is the podcast. Once again, uh, we'll be at looks like four matches in four days this this upcoming weekend. If you are going to any of these matches, if you want to meet up, uh, at the very least, we hope you can pop over to the Edinburgh Castle at least for a beer. Um, you know, just just to say hey. Um, that would be awesome. So hopefully we'll see you. And, uh, you know, again, reach out to us in direct message or Facebook or, or message us at hailcheaters at gmail.com um, or even just visit our website. You can leave a message there too. Um, and Brandon, uh, once again, we have a new, the new Patreon contest. It launches this month. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash always cheating to support the podcast. We have some producer thank yous, Brandon. Yes, thanks to our producers, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lean Grandley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford. Did you notice how I'm like taking uh, little hidden breaths while I read out these producer <laughs> names? Uh, Jim, because this this list keeps getting longer and longer. Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Max Chamberlain, Brian T., and the one and only Trevor Ingerson. Welcome to the fold, Trevor Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, wherever it is that you get your podcasts, except Spotify. Give us a five-star review on iTunes (laughs) if you'd be so kind. Follow us on Mm -hmm. Twitter at HailCheaters, Facebook.com slash AlwaysCheating. Email us at HailCheaters at gmail.com. Visit the website, AlwaysCheating.com. And football's coming home! I'm excited. I can't wait. I feel like even this podcast, like it's been hard to focus because I'm just, I just want to like start. I just want to be in the plane, man. I want to be there. They better have some good movies on Virgin Air. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. I know. They better be. I'm not, no TV for us. It's, it's quality second run movies. Yeah. Damn. And I've already seen Isle of Dogs. I'm not here for Isle of Dogs, Virgin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, All right, Brandon. Well, uh, good luck this weekend. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see some of you guys uh, this weekend. Absolutely. Hail Poku. Hail uh, hail all of our cheater listeners. Mm, That was very nice. That was nice of me. (laughs) 